Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Don't talk about that, Tara. That's what I get every time from my talk radio audience. I talk about the transgender craze among youths. Stop talking about it. Almost nobody does that. Almost no one thinks that. You're going to spread it. I don't think our side understands that horse has long since left the barn. I started talking about this because I started noticing around fifth grade in elementary school that kids would come out as transgender in their schools to be liked. The transgender kids, along with the ones who came out as bisexual or lesbian, were immediately welcomed into the most popular circles. This isn't in some blue state. This is in Greenville, South Carolina, a red area. It was in my kids' schools. The pressure to conform from other kids was incredible. If you don't have kids in schools right now, you don't understand socially how this phenomenon is playing out how the schools subtly and sometimes deliberately reinforce it, and how that spins kids who don't actually have gender dysphoria into a medical system waiting to prey upon people that simply can't consent because they can't understand what they're agreeing to. Ah, but Tara, this is a small problem. No, it's not. In the year 2017, a staggering 15,000 American children were diagnosed with gender dysphoria. By 2019, it was 21,000. In 2020, it was 24,000. In a single year, between 2020 and 2021, the number nearly doubled to 42,167. That's according to Komodo Health. There's absolutely no explanation for this, but social contagion. Psychologists will tell you that people who legitimately have gender dysphoria, and for decades it had been less than 1% of 1%, of the population, they show signs when they're little. They don't show signs all of a sudden when they've suddenly been accepted into a social group where everyone is trans. There are whole trans groups in schools now. I cannot even begin to tell you how trendy, how popular this phenomenon is socially with kids. I know several kids who now claim to be trans, who my kids grew up with or around or we knew of, who were absolutely not transgender, until now. Just a few years ago, a lot of these kids would be socially transitioned, and if they changed their mind, they changed their mind. No big deal. Kids go through all kinds of phases growing up. 
But now the medical profession wants to make it permanent. And at least 42,000 kids a year in the U.S. are at risk of permanent non-reversible damage. I don't mean to get too personal here, but can you imagine knowing that you'll never be able to climax with another person? That is the most intimate of human relationships. Yet in Austin, Texas right now, in a liberal judge's courtroom, a mom and a dad have been battling over whether the mom can take the 10-year-old son to California to put him on puberty blockers. See, the problem is that California is now a sanctuary state for kids that want to permanently transition. So if you can get there, if you can run away and get your toe in the state, or if mom or dad can get you there, you are totally protected. Other state laws are completely nullified, like the one in Texas that says you can't transition children. And so are judges' rulings, according to the law. So um, if you're a mom, you don't have custody. You kidnap the kid from the dad who doesn't want to transition. You can get him inside the state of California. The government will protect you, even if you don't legally have custody, if you're transitioning that child. Because there are no good studies on this, medical professionals don't yet know for sure what this will add up to and don't really seem to care that the kids they're giving hormones to, puberty blockers to, might never be able to climax, might be infertile, might not have children. This audio you're about to hear is Jeremy Carswell. It was recorded in October of 2020 and it's just now surfaced. She is the head of the Boston Children's Hospital Gender Multi-Specialty Service. What she admits is jaw-dropping. What this 10-year-old boy faces is jaw-dropping. Potentially never being able to climax with a partner, any partner, unable to participate fully in sexual intimacy. How on earth can a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old consent to that? How could they even comprehend it, what they're giving up? But Carswell, is it best flippant about it? Can there be an issue with orgasm later in life if blocked too early? That's a really great question. And one, I don't know. Um... But has that stopped Carswell and her fellow medical providers at the Boston Children's Hospital from giving out puberty blockers like candy? Oh, heck no. You know, like I said, there's a lot of people using blockers and that's great because it can be really helpful. But I think um, I worry that there's not, you know, they're being given out a lot like candy, which is great in some ways. But it's also like, okay, well, you know, you need to have the conversation. Conversation about what exactly? Oh, infertility. As she says this next part here, understand there's a slide behind her listing fertility as a possible side effect of this treatment on children. Fertility, another huge topic, right? Because if you are giving um, something that shuts down your estrogen or shuts down testosterone entirely, you're going to stop either if you had already been kind of producing sperm or eggs, then um, you're going to stop doing that. And if you never started, you're not going to uh, kind of advance those, the, uh, the gonads to be able to do that. But is that reversible? Again, the chiron behind her lists fertility as a side effect of these treatments. First, we have to understand what drugs these kids are being given. Neither of the drugs I'm about to tell you about have ever been tested extensively for the use. These are off-label uses. We don't know what they'll do fully long-term. One is luprolide acetate or Lupron. The other one, 
Medroxyprogesterone acetate. Where have those been used before? Sex offenders, rapists. Chemical castration used to be fairly standard in most states. Then the ACLU went to war, saying it was cruel and unusual punishment. And a lot of states, they got it banned, outlawed, or overhauled. So the ACLU thought it was cruel to chemically castrate rapists. They even went to court in Alabama to protect sex offenders from the harms of what they called an inhumane experimental drug. Meanwhile, simultaneously in Texas, the ACLU was in court demanding children be given these drugs as puberty blockers and to help them transition. They were arguing against Governor Abbott's executive orders in a Texas law that blocked this. In that Texas case, they described these drugs as health care, as gender affirming care. Why denying them was cruel. The absolute kicker here in Alabama, the ACLU argued that because rapists ordered by judges to take these as a part of chemical castration couldn't consent, it was inhumane. But a 10 year old, they can't consent either. That's apparently not inhumane. But what about that fertility question? The answer is, we really won't know until we have long-term trials. But nobody's waiting around to find out. These drugs are being pumped into kids. What does the Health and Human Services Department of the federal government say? Literally on their website at opa.hhs.gov? Hormone therapy? Is it reversible? They list it partially reversible. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Puberty blockers? Reversible, they claim. But what happens if you take this stuff for years? Chloe Cole, a 17-year-old who began the transition to male but then stopped after taking three years of hormones and puberty blockers, is currently waiting to find out from her doctor if she'll ever be able to have children. She testified before the California legislature, begging them not to make California a sanctuary state for transgender youth and their parents. She's waiting to find out if she'll ever be able to have children thanks to the effects the hormones had, male hormones, on her ovaries. Keep in mind, she's only 17. She's already lost her breasts in a mastectomy. My name is Chloe Cole, and I am a 17-year-old detransitioner from the Central Valley. I was medically transitioned from ages 13 to 16. My parents took me to a therapist who affirmed my male identity, and the therapist did not care about causality or encouraged me to learn to be comfortable in my body. He brushed off my parents' concerns about the efficacy of hormones, puberty blockers, and surgeries. My parents were given the threat of suicide as a reason to move me forward in my transition. My endocrinologist, after two to three appointments, put me on puberty blockers and injectable testosterone. At age 15, I asked to remove my breasts. My therapist continued to affirm my transition. I attended a top surgery class that was filled with around 12 girls that thought they were men. Most were my age or younger. None of us were going to be men. We were fleeing from the uncomfortable feeling of becoming women. I was unknowingly physically cutting off my true self from my body, irreversibly and painfully. Our trans identities were not questioned. 
I went through with surgery. Despite having therapists and attending the top surgery class, I really didn't understand all the ramifications of any of the medical decisions I was making. I wasn't capable of understanding, and it was downplayed consistently. My parents, on the other hand, were pressured to continue my so-called gender journey with a suicide threat. I will never be able to breastfeed a child. I have blood clots in my urine. I am unable to fully empty my bladder. I do not yet know if I am capable of carrying a child to full term. In fact, even the doctors who put me on puberty blockers and testosterone do not know. SB 107 is circumventing state's laws that have needed safeguards in place so my story is not repeated. Children cannot consent. Vote no on SB 107. Look, the point of this podcast is not to confer a moral judgment on that. It's to ask societal questions. If you want to transition when you turn 18, well, pursuit of happiness. It's right there in our founding documents. Do as you like. But we acknowledge in so many ways children cannot consent. They can't enter into contracts. Their parents have to do that for them. They can't even make medical decisions. Their parents have to do that for them. They can't even get tattoos. Heck, they can't even drive. And yet, somehow, they are supposed to be capable of understanding what giving up the ability to orgasm, to truly connect with another human being is for life at age 10, to go through a transition that may or may not leave them sterile when they change their mind. So much is at stake in this election, folks, because if Joe Biden and the Democrats get their way, and the attorney general of my state of South Carolina right now is suing to stop this, good for him. Guess what? The recruitment process, and yes, that's what it is, will be part of the school curriculum. Any school, this is a Joe Biden executive order, that refuses to publicly affirm a child's chosen gender and use their chosen pronouns could be denied their federal school lunch money. Poor kids, they're literally willing to starve them to force speech codes, because that's what this is. What does this mean? Well, that means that any child who uses the wrong pronoun or doesn't acknowledge another child's new chosen gender must be punished or that school policy is violated staff who don't comply from the principal on down to the school lunch staff must affirm the gender or be fired or the poor kid gets it or in this case doesn't get it as in free lunch a bill passed by the house earlier this year thank god it didn't make it through the senate mandates gender-affirming care for all medical professionals and outlaws any care that does not gender-affirm. In other words, when the child presents saying, hey, I think I'm a boy, everyone else in my school group is too. Well, you can't question it. You can't get to the bottom of what's going on at school. Is something else going on here? Can't ask the question. You must simply affirm the gender, ask no questions, and proceed to transition the child. Again, right now, 42 thousand American kids are being treated in some stage for this. Every one of them is at risk of chemical castration. And what of those like me and others on social media asking these questions using the video, the own words of the doctors doing it, we apparently deserve a federal boot through the door. Incredibly, the American Medical Association just wrote a letter to Merrick Garland, head of the Department of Justice, they're over the FBI, asking for criminal prosecution of people who go online to question this or to use the words of the very doctors doing these procedures in social media posts. That's right. The American Medical Association has apparently never heard of the First Amendment (laughs) or the idea that you might ask these questions based on what the doctors themselves are saying. 
They want that criminally prosecuted. This is terrifying, especially for the kids that go to see these doctors who will then themselves be terrified of a federal investigation if they question medically what's going on in their own professions. And for every one of them, we still don't know the answer scientifically to the question, where is the point of no return? We literally don't know. A tweet by a born female, now 21-year-old male, called Casey Miller, has gone viral on Twitter. Casey was extremely upset when he went to get his hair cut because he's losing his hair. He suspects it's permanent, but no one can tell him. It was yet another side effect of five years of hormone treatment that no one warned him about. Um, so I got out of my haircut because um, my hair was driving me nuts. And I shaved it because I'm tired of watching my hair thin out and it's less distressing if I shave it. So when I talk about being too far gone, not I don't really know what else to call it. Um, this is what I mean. This is how deep my voice is. Um, <clears throat> it's gotten deeper over time and it's settled. Um, this is what I mean by hair loss. Um, and it just keeps getting worse. It keeps thinning. It keeps receding backwards. Um, you know, and I'm not exactly sure that's coming back. Those are the main things when I talk about being androgenized to a point of no return. I really don't see those being fixable. So that's why, just because I, I don't really see me personally being able to come back from what's happened so far. So I hope that's a little explanatory. Um, you know, this, this is what happens when you give a woman testosterone this for five years. This is what happens, essentially. So that's it. Stay safe. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.